This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. Welcome to the Turn on the Jets podcast. I am not Joe Caparoso, as I'm sure you could tell. This is Scott Mason from the Play Like a Jet podcast. But you are going to hear from Joe on this episode, in fact, you're going to hear from Joe and Connor Rogers as they talk about the number 11 overall pick, Makai Becton. This is part of a conversation that they had for 75 minutes commercial free on the Badlands feed. Badlands, of course, their subscription only podcast. You also get a 10 part docuseries on the Jets trip into the wilderness over the past decade and how they can get themselves out of it. It is well worth every penny. So I implore you to go and subscribe over on Podbean. The links are up over at Jay Caparoso and at Connor J. Rogers, Joe and Connor's Twitter feeds. And then after you hear from Joe and Connor talking about Mackay Beckton, you're going to hear from two people who know him really, really well. Our own James Kuntz had the opportunity to speak to Dwayne Ledford, who was the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Louisville and was credited with helping Mackay Beckton make a huge jump from his 2018 season to his 2019 season. And you're going to hear from Mike Sirignano, who is the strength and conditioning coach at Louisville as well. James did a terrific job with those interviews. So you're going to hear all of those here today on the Turn on the Jets podcast. But again, remember, if you want to hear the full 75-minute conversation between Joe and Connor, which, by the way, is the only place that you can get Connor's draft grades. It's exclusive over at the Badlands feed. Go to Podbean, sign up, or go to at Jay Caparoso on Twitter or at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter to get the link there as well. Before I send you into part of this conversation with Joe and Connor and then lead you down the road to James talking to Coach Ledford and Coach Serignano, of course, I have to plug my own podcast. So if you don't listen to Play Like a Jet, we're a daily, seven-day-a-week jet show. I know, it's crazy. I'm a glutton for punishment. We're working our way through our post-draft coverage, and we have an insane amount of great guests to dissect each of these picks, and we're going to look at them from a wide variety of interesting angles. So if you want some great Daily Jets content, make sure that you subscribe to my feed, Play Like a Jet. You can get that on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Okay, it's pretty much all I have to say. Now I'm going to send you over to Joe and Connor so they can tell you a little bit more about what they thought of the Jets picking Makai Becton at number 11 overall. There was definitely some panic, I think, as we got close to Thursday night. Would a tackle be there at 11? Uh, would they trade down, which neither of us were crazy about? Would they give too much to trade up and hurt their draft capital? And it all started with the 11th overall pick. Two tackles end up being on the board, which I think I considered a surprise. Tristan Wirfs, Makai Becton, both there. Candidly, I thought when Wirfs was on the board, they were going to go with him. I just thought it was surprising he was there, and I figured with his athleticism, the Jets might consider him a fit. Now, Becton and him, most of us had them ranked pretty closely. Becton is a guy I think probably has the highest ceiling of all four of these tackles. The Jets go with Becton who should hopefully be their left tackle for a very, very long time. The biggest human being possible with ridiculous athleticism. And the Jets did what they needed to do. They addressed protecting Sam Darnold. They went offense in the first round, and they went offensive line in the first round for the first time since the Brickishaw Ferguson in 2006. Joe Douglas took 
two offensive linemen in this class. Mike McCadden took three offensive linemen over the past five drafts to give you a, a sort of a shift on what the priorities were here overall. So let's start with Becton. What's your grade on this pick? Were you surprised that they took him over Werfs? Uh, and where did you think overall about where all the tackles ultimately netted out and landed? So I'll start with, if you're part of the crowd that watched the Bleacher Report broadcast across all three days, number one, thank you. And, and number two, some of these grades will be slightly tailored. I'm not going to like change by a huge lot, but if you if you see something that was you know, a C and it becomes a B minus, B minus or something like that, uh, I have about 15 seconds to gather all my thoughts <laughs> together before we shoot the video live. So some things were tailored as I get to do more detail. And another reason why we're releasing this episode and my article paired with it today, Joe, is that I, I like to take a breather and give it maybe 48 hours and then look at how everything goes. And I think one guy that it was very important for me to do that with was Makai Becton, which this is a B plus out of the gate. Now, number one this is a huge need. Like, thank God the Jets got a tackle. Thank God a tackle fell to them. And I'll start with addressing the Tristan Wirfs thing because on the broadcast, I was like, wow, I can't believe he's there. I think they're going to take him. Something I've said weeks leading up to this draft is one of the things I was most excited for was to learn about Joe Douglas. And what this told me was that the Jets probably were one of those teams that viewed... Tristan Wirfs maybe as a guard because of arm length with that 34-inch arms, a guy that obviously is smaller than Becton, or maybe even as a right tackle. And you look at Becton, 6'7", 364, almost 11-inch hands, which Cam Clark, their later pick, has 11-inch hands, 35 and 5'8", so almost 36-inch arms. Just a ma- literally a mountain of a human being and a great athlete at that. I mean, a 5'140", the, the speed is crazy. You know, from a size standpoint and how light his feet are, this was Joe Douglas coming out of the gate and saying, you know what, I'm going for it. I have a type. I think Joe Douglas, what I've learned from this draft is he wants his team, and this is going to sound like kind of common sense, no duh, but some teams really lose sight of this. He wants his football team to be bigger and faster than everyone else. And this was the guy you take at 11 if you're going to do that at your position of need. So you get a left tackle. Now, Becton has played right tackle at Louisville. He's played left tackle at Louisville. He has experience on both sides. He's a younger player in this draft. He's going to be 21 during his rookie season, and he's gotten a lot better over his time at Louisville. Now, the reason being for the B+, let's start with what he's great at. He is a phenomenal pro-ready run blocker and he's not you look at his size and you go man he's probably just going to be you know a gap scheme a drive blocking man blocking kind of player no he, he has the feet to play in his own scheme and get to his spots now balance and over pursuing are things that he's going to have to work on because I think he licks his, licks his chops a little bit and sees somebody that's 240 pounds in front of him and goes man I'm going to bury you and sometimes he overshoots his shot but as a run blocker the man is just phenomenal. I mean, there's clips of him driving people to the bench. It looks like the blind side at times. He's very disciplined with his hands, I think, as a run blocker. You can run behind him over and over again. So that's something to me that is exciting, not looking into the future, but looking into the now. Now, as a pass protector, this goes back to why they took him. 
the wingspan, the seven-foot wingspan, the ability to coach him up as simply a wall you cannot get around has to be something the Jets are so excited about. Now, will the coaching staff get him there? I don't know. I think what I look at and where he could struggle early on is counter moves because NFL rushers are going to be working at a different speed and they're going to have more of a plan. You know, with Becton, I think there's times where you watch him. Like the Notre Dame game was a chance to see him against good competition and really thrive. He wasn't ever really beat. He, he looked like just overpowered a Notre Dame front that has talent. I think what you want to look at at the next level is how he's handling guys that have a really good pass rush plan, have a really good first step, and to see how he counter blocks against those guys. So I think when you look at Becton, you know, this was a pick they had to make. They had to get a tackle. He's somebody that'll play left tackle, I'm assuming, from day one. There's no doubt about that. He's somebody you can run Le'Veon Bell behind nonstop. And I think if you can coach him up, into a reliable pass protector that can manage his weight. That's the biggest question with Makai Becton. Now, he did such a good job on it working with Duke Mannyweather in Texas since the season ended. Like, he didn't start training for the draft in February. In December, this guy was working to get his weight down. He came in at 364 at the Combine. He's been vocal that he wants to play at 355. He's working very, very hard. If you can keep those things in check with him, you're swinging for an all-pro kind of offensive tackle. Hi guys, my name is James Kunz and you can find me on Twitter at Fuego Jets Takes. We have a very special guest on the pod today, someone who can hopefully tell us a little bit more about the New York Jets' newest first-round pick, Makai Becton. And that man is Coach Dwayne Ledford. Coach Ledford is the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for the Louisville Cardinals, and he is one of the top offensive line coaches in the country. He joined Louisville in December 2018. Before Louisville, he served as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator for NC State for three years, where he coached Garrett Bradbury, who is now a Viking, to the Remington Trophy as the nation's top center. We're thrilled to have Coach Ledford shine some light on Mackay as both a player and a person. Coach Ledford, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I've watched and I've read a lot of interviews with Makai, and he credits you with teaching him proper technique, pass sets, hand usage, as well as how to finish. So I guess I want to back up to when you first met him. So when you first met Makai, where was he as a player, and how did you go about getting him to where he is now? Well, you know, the first thing that I remember when he first walked into the room, I was like, (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be like I've, I've never seen anybody uh, take like have such a presence about him um, you know and not only is he is he a, a big human being but he's also got a big bright smile and just a great kid and uh, you know and, and obviously being in the conference and, and playing when I was at NC State coaching um, obviously we played against Louisville and um, Obviously knew of Makai when I was at Louisville. When I got here to Louisville last year, very excited about this opportunity. And, um, you know, he's just a, the great thing about Makai, he was so like eager, just all ears. And, and one of the, and that's why I tell people all of the, the, a lot is like a lot of credit to Makai and just the work that he put in and just his coachability. Um, because as a coach, you can try to get a kid to do the things that you're wanting to get done, but 
he's the one that's got to go out on the field and get it done. And uh, to his credit, he did that. And, uh, you know, I was, and there was just some things, you know, as we would watch film or, or talk about his play that, you know, just me personally on what I would like to see Makai do better, um, you know, and, and just things that I would tell him that, you know, because getting to know, like, first and foremost with, with anything, like, to me, it's all about relationships. And so our first thing was just I wanted to make sure to build up uh, our trust and respect with one another. And in doing so, you find out a lot about each other. Quickly found out that Mikhail wanted to be the best tackle in football. And, uh, you know, so then once you learn more about each other and what, what that other person is trying to achieve, now let's formulate that plan to get there. And, uh, you know, just started to, to work with Mikhail. And, uh, you know, the, the great thing about it is, is he was all ears and had such a willingness and, and just to go out and to do those things that, like I said before, it's just, my, my, I'm so excited for him, but also just the work that he put in to his game to get, get him to where he is today. He deserves so much credit for that. And I can't say that enough. So, I'm sure that you've spent a lot of time, you know, hearing about Makai in the draft process. And one of the questions that I know a lot of people had for you when I um, gauged some interesting questions on Twitter is a lot of people want to ask you, is there a misconception that draft analysts or commentators have about Makai as a player that you think is just wrong that you'd like to correct? You know, I would tell, lot, tell people all the time when they would ask me questions, uh, they would bring that stuff and ask me questions about Makai. You know, and I would just tell them, I, you know, from my experience, uh, this is what you're getting. Um, this is what he was for me this past year. And uh, from my end, there's we wouldn't have enough time of the day for me to sit here and, and talk about all the good that that, that he, he has done mm. and just the type of player, the type of person that he is. And uh, I think the world of him. And, uh, you know, and that, the other thing is, you know, Makai's young. You know, he, he, he played as a true freshman. He's coming out as a junior. He's a young player. And I think that, you know, each week, each week of this past season, um, he got better and better, um, each week. You know, from spring to summer, you saw a huge improvement from, you know, summer to fall camp and then from fall camp to the beginning of the year throughout the season. I mean, just his work ethic and just the way he kept working on his game and doing the things that, you know, we were asking him to do. It's just, I think he's just scratching the surface on the player that he, he wants to become. And so, you know, he's got so much in front of him right now. And and so he's not a player that's tapped out at all. Uh, I think that he is continuing to get better and better. Mm. So on that point, um, one of the unfortunate byproducts of COVID-19 is that there's going to be limited off-season training with the teams in the NFL. And so uh, a question that I have for you is as somebody who's spent the last year, over a year, with Makai teaching him, um, what do you think Jets fans can expect from Makai in his rookie year, even with limited off-season training? 
you know, and I, I think that you want to get somebody up there that football is important to him. Um, he's going to um, do everything that he can. I mean, when we first got here, the thing that we talked to this team about, you know, when, when people turn on the film, one thing we want them to say about us is, you guys are going to be proud of the effort that we play with. Um, a guy's a kid that, that he plays hard. He enjoys, he has the demeanor of wanting to finish somebody on the line of scrimmage on every play. Uh, he enjoys it. He embraces it. And so you want to see a guy out there giving his all. Um, and you know, and, and, and Makai right now, I mean, I talked to him a little while ago. He's about to go and train and, uh, you know, he's, he's going to do everything he can to come in. I know and be ready. He's training with Duke Mannyweather, who, who does a great job down in Dallas uh, with a lot of uh, offensive linemen and, and, and prospects coming through this, uh, just making sure that, that they're ready. And, and so he, he's somebody that, I mean, he, obviously – He's going to stand out just being who he is at, at close to 6'8", 360 pounds. And, um, but once you guys get to know him, just know the person he is, um, you, you guys are going to be very happy with what you're getting up there in him. And, um, he, he, he's driven. He wants to be the best. And, um, I know I'm excited just to continue watching his career unfold. And, um, you know, I, I think that he can have a very, very special career up there. Really look forward to it. Uh, I got my Jets shirt on today and <laughs> went on wearing it all day today. And, and it's going to be tough for me to take it off, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you talked a little bit about Makai's potential. What do you think his ceiling is in the NFL? And do you think that he'll end up hitting that ceiling? Just because of the size that he has, the strength, um, the length, you know, I, I think that, um, I mean, he could, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that could be the best that he is. I mean, I, I think that he could be one of those guys that makes several Pro Bowls. Um, you could have the conversation to where he could be one of the better ones to, to play the game. Um, you know, just, I, I just speaking from experience and being around a bunch of players, you saw, see a lot of people possess the things that he possesses. And, uh, and so I mean, the, he, he's, there's, there's a lot in front of him that, that he is going to build to achieve. And, uh, you know, I think he's going about everything the right way. And I look forward to, to seeing and hearing some more of those calls and, but I think that he could he could have his name cemented up there with some of the better ones that's ever played a game. Uh, he, he he's got that type of that type of talent. Mm. What are Makai's film study habits, and how does he prepare for opposing edge rushers? You know, I thought it was uh, you know, this was a question I was asked about uh, asked about him. You know, when I when I first got there. Um, you know, what I try to teach these guys is uh, stuff that I learned from my playing days and how I, I approached as far as, like, what I learned on how to watch film. And so, and 
where it kind of really, as you filled out these sheets, it kind of taught you what you were looking for um, when you're watching film of your opponent. And once I showed that to Makai and kind of showed him how to do it, and uh, he took a huge interest in it. And he was like a sponge and just like, this is awesome. He's like, this is great. This is, you know, he was so interested in knowing what that defensive line and what he was about to do before the move was going to happen. And so he was really in tune with all of that. Any type of information that he was going to be able to take into a game and be able to counter any type of move that a defensive lineman was going to be able to present to him. And, uh, you know, he worked hard on that. Yeah, it was something that, you know, he looked forward to doing and, and really did a good job with it. Can you speak a little bit to Makai's leadership abilities, either as a leader on the offensive line or in the team in general? You know, I thought he was a great teammate. I thought he was a great leader. Um, I thought that he was a guy that, um, obviously, you, you know, for us, I mean, just for, he's going to, you know, when he walks into a room, I mean, people are going to pay attention to him. And, but he's not a guy that's going to be overly loud and just talk a lot, and, you know, as far as, like, just trying to um, just verbally be a leader just through saying things. He's going to be a guy that's going to be more about going out on the field and going into those games and try to, to, to lead by example. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's a, you know, and people fed off of the way he played, especially in our group. You know, they would see him finishing guys and they would see us watching film on Sunday and pointing out the blocks and you could just see what it did to that room. And, uh, you know, and, and he, he led in a way that, you know, he, he would, he would show those young guys what to do, but at the same time, you know, have that expectation that everybody was playing at a high level and giving their all. And, uh, you know, he's, I think he goes about it the right way. It's not, it's not anything, uh, bad that I can really think of or say it. He's a guy that wants to just, like, I mean, I, 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 he said, he shared with me the, uh, phone call that came in when he was selected. And, uh, you kept hearing him say over and over, let's go, let's get started, let's go. I'm ready. You know, and so he's a guy that is going to want to get on that field and try to show you the things on the field. Hmm. I think that fits in really well to what the Jets have on offense, especially because Sam Darnold, the quarterback, is very similar in terms of being someone who leads by example. Um, on that yep. note about Makai's personality, his character, um, could you speak a little bit to that? Um, it'd be great if you have like an example or a story about him being a leader with the O-line group, or even just generally, like what is his personality like and what type of character is he bringing to the O-line room and the Jets offense in general? Yeah, well, like, uh, you know, every Thursday I would have the guys over to my house. And, um, you know, it was, it was a way for us to kind of get away from the football facilities, but just allow those guys to grow and just be around each other. And Mikhail was always, 
you know, he and some of the guys were over there and they were just kind of hanging out, smiling and laughing. And, you know, it gave me an opportunity to kind of talk to guys. That, and Makai is, you know, he is looking so much forward to this opportunity. Um, family's important to him. Um, he's real close with his family, but family's extremely important. Uh, you know, I think that he wants to start a family. His family's important to him and, and he's just a, He's a guy that doesn't do do much as far as like you know. He's a guy that me as a coach, I never worried about what he was doing after a football game on a Saturday night or leading up to a game. Um, he was a guy that you know it was about football, and once football was over with, he, he had a he was with his friends and and they were just hanging out at the house. And, um, you know, and it's something that he always asked me about, you know, in the off seasons in the NFL, do you have time to travel and kind of go and see things? And, uh, you know, and, 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 and that, that was something that he wants to be able to experience. And, um, I just think he's a great kid. And it's just, when you have those conversations, it's like I'm having this conversation with Makai, you know, and he's asking me about travel. Those are just great, wholesome conversations that, that, that a coach and a player is having. Something that he has a genuine interest in. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's just a, uh, he, he's, he's fun to be around. He is somebody that, you know, is gonna, like I said before, he's a, he's a lot about just trying to, to try, not talk a lot about it, but really try to show you on the football field. And, let his play do the talking. Mm. Okay, so lastly, um, could you speak to Jets fans who are listening right now who are excited about Makai and just let them know what type of player, what type of person, um, and what type of teammate that the Jets are getting here with their first-round selection? Well, you're getting somebody that Football is, it's, you know, this is something that, that he has been wanting for a really long time. Uh, it's something that he's had a dream and a vision for for a long time, but it's not just getting there that he's content with. Um, he's got the, he's got the size, he's got the, the physical tools, and, and he's a guy that is going to give you, give it to his all. Um, what he does on the football field at his size, I think, is, is very special. Um, but not only that, I, th- I think that you're getting a guy that's going to be really involved in the community. I, I think that you'll see that, I mean, he was a guy that was involved in a lot of our community service projects that we would have. Um, but he's going to be a guy that embraces the community up there. He's going to be a teammate that that's going to do everything that he can for, for his teammates, for his team. To, 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 what, what can he do to make us better? Well, what can I do for you? And, uh, you know, I, I think that, that you guys are getting someone very, very special. And I, I tell this to, to people a lot, especially going through this process, I would take them every day of the week, as many of them as I could get, because... Not only is he a great player and and has a special tool set, but I think that you're getting an even better person. And uh, 
I can't say enough good things about it. Well, thank you so much, Coach Ledford. I know that I think with Mackay coming up here, you're going to have a whole lot more Louisville fans from New York. Um, we're really looking forward to having him. I know Jets fans are super excited about the pick. So thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Um, I know that Jets fans really are going to enjoy hearing from you, someone who knows him so well about the type of player and person yeah. Mackay is. Well, if there's anything that we can do for you guys, um, over here in Louisville, you guys let us know, but uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of people here in uh, Card Nation that's going to be following him and his career up there in New York. We are all extremely excited about it, and so you guys are getting a great one. For our second special guest on the Mackay Becton pod, we have Mike Sirignano, the head strength and conditioning coach of the Louisville football program. Coach Sirignano came to Louisville from Appalachian State where he served as Director of Strength and Conditioning since 2014. Since December 2018, Coach Sirignano has served as the head strength coach for Louisville, where he worked with the Jets' newest first-round pick, Makai Becton. Coach Sirignano, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you having me. So, I'd like to start at the beginning of your tenure at Louisville. So, you arrived in December 2018, and according to the Louisville Courier-Journal, Makai Becton was just under 390 pounds at that time. But over the course of that offseason, you were able to bring his weight down to 369 pounds, which is the weight he played at during the 2019 season. So could you explain how you were able to achieve such an impressive weight reduction without compromising Makai's strength? And was dropping the weight something that Makai struggled with? Yeah, so, uh, no, I don't think it was anything Makai ever struggled with. I think the, the reason why his weight had elevated to the 389 pounds was one, the team didn't make a bowl game this that year, so they had a good eight to nine weeks off. So, you know, with, you know, having that much time off and not having mandatory workouts, this, that, the other thing, you know, the expenditure of calories decreases quite a bit. You know, these kids pretty much every day are asked to do extraordinary things as a whole, not just the time, but the team. So, uh, at that point, when you're taking nine weeks off from training, uh, you know, he's not going to expend as many calories as he would, you know, during a, a phase of training into a practice. So I think that was the biggest thing. But for Makai, it was fairly easy. You know, Makai's a pro. You know, he does everything you ask of him. He's a great kid uh, with a great personality. So we just put a plan to get included. You know, eating three square meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and then having his snacks in between. Um, those were manipulated by my team and my staff, as well as our nutritionist, Emily Arkner. Um, and then on top of that, Makai, he would do 45 minutes of steady uh, state cardio on a treadmill or elliptical, as well as doing our normal workouts every day, plus doing his individual work for the whole line group as well so uh was it hard no did his weight fluctuate at all no you know he's steady he's not one of those guys where people think a bigger man his weight's going to be up and down and he's going to have trouble with it that was never the case yeah you know we got to work as we normally would do when we got there and uh you know by the time we got down to camp he was 350 something pounds versus the 389 so um again it comes back to his work ethic and him just being a pro and doing and trusting us on what we prescribed to him. 
Was it difficult to reduce Makai's weight without also decreasing any of his strength? And how did you try to manage that? No, no, not at all. And I think that's where, you know, this story gets a little miscued. Is, you know, he, you know, obviously Makai's a freak. He walks around at 6'7", 360 mm-hmm. pounds. You know, his, his body fat number is ridiculous. He, he, you know, he's 17% body fat, which means he has, at one point we measured him at 17% body fat, where he had 317 pounds of lean mass on his body. So he had, mm. in layman's terms, that's 317 pounds of muscle on him, you know. So out of that 360-something pounds, that's the weight that he's carrying around. So he's a genetic freak. Uh, you know, and just the power and nimbleness that he was uh, his dog given to him. We just enhanced it a little bit. Uh, but no, like again, it wasn't one of those things where McDonald was on a super strict diet. We just really had to get his, uh, calorie expenditure back up and make sure he was eating a pretty well-rounded nutrition plan. I believe the day of the draft, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network reported that Makai was 363 pounds. Um, I know Makai has said a few times that he'd like to be around 350, 355 for the NFL season. Um, knowing Makai's work ethic and his body, do you think that this is a smart goal, and do you think it's a realistic one? Yeah. You know, I've always told NFL personnel, I don't know what his, his uh, realistic playing weight is. Like, if you told Makai to get down to X number, is that realistic? I don't know that because, again, it comes back to his body type. Like, there's not 360-pound men walking around the face of the planet at 17% body fat, you know? <laughs> He's a special, special individual. So, that's a hard question to answer. Do I think it'd be better for him? Would it, will it enhance his given talent? Absolutely, you know? At 350 pounds versus 365 pounds or whatever, he'll move quicker. He'll be faster, you know? His muscles won't fatigue as, as, as quickly. Um, so it would only help him by enhancing his performance. I, I don't think it would hurt him. I mean, generally speaking, I don't think there's too many uh, too many NFL players that are 360 pounds. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, do you have any concerns about Makai's ability or discipline to maintain his weight when he gets in an NFL program? No, absolutely not. Again, you know, when we went in, I'll explain it this way. We arrived to Louisville. We, you know, there was a bunch, we had about 20 guys that had to lose weight and were, that packed on a few extra pounds at that time of influx and not playing and not being at practice and training. But, uh, you know, we set some protocols in place and some accountability protocols and, for Makai, he did it without any problem. It was unbelievable. He, he did everything. He trusted in all the techniques and everything we asked him to do. Whereas some of his teammates, they struggled with that from time to time and they weren't as, uh, they weren't as accountable to those, um, protocols as we would like. So, um, again, Makai is, he's different. He, you know, he, not only is he a freak athletically and genetically, you know, he is a, com- com- uh, a, a constant professional. Mm. Yeah, it seems from reading a lot about Makai that there are two concerns that evaluators have. One seems to be 
that people think that he may have trouble keeping a healthy weight and a healthy sort of body composition, which you seem to address. You don't think it's that much of a concern. But the other concern is that given the fact that there aren't very many players at his weight in the NFL, there are concerns that over the long term, his body may have difficulty holding up. Um, Do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Do you think those are valid concerns? Yeah, I think your first point, I think when someone, you know, thinks about a, 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 a football being 360 pounds or more, you know, they're probably like, oh, this guy, you know, he's out of shape. He can't, you know, he, this, that, you know, he's kind of got this stigma about him. And, 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 you know, the more conversations I have with NFL personnel and reporters, you know, and, and I'm trying to kill that stigmatism because that's not what it is. Hmm. That's what we've talked about so far, but... The second part, your second point is, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think his body will will wear and tear like people think it might because he's three hundred and sixty pounds. And the reason being is because his strength levels match, you know, his body size. I mean, the kid is powerful. He's strong. He's lean. You know what I mean? It, it, he takes care of himself. So he has the strength. He has the. Experience ability and fast twitch muscles to support his frame. Uh, to be honest with you, I still I still don't think Mackay's hit his ceiling as far as his uh, his body maturity, uh, his physical pool. Like I think, still think he's got a few years to go to really learn what his body can do. So I think again that might be a stigmatism that comes along with someone as big as him. You know, I think of like a guy like, uh, you know, going back to the wrestling days, like the big show, you know, as a guy you can compare as far as body mass and size for guys. It was like, he didn't have a long career because he did some bad stuff in his body. You know, he beat it up where, you know, he prided at the strength levels that Makai has. He didn't have the natural athletic ability Makai has. Makai is extremely light on his feet, you know. But he, the way he moves at 360 pounds, 290 pound men have you know trouble doing what he does. So I think again, he's just uh, it comes back to him being genetically very, very gifted and a freak of nature. Mm. Just delving a little bit deeper on the point that you just made about Makai maybe having an even greater physical peak that he hasn't yet realized. Does that have to do with? The amount of time, like him being a relative newcomer, the strength training, does that have to do with just his age? Like, what what do you think um, you could attribute that to? The fact that he has greater potential to realize? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really deep question. I think you can look at it in a bunch of different ways. You know, a year and a half ago, December of 2018, when uh, Coach Satterfield walked into the building and hired his staff, you know, it was a broken team. You know, they had lost. They, they, it almost seemed like they lost the love of football. So, uh, you know, so some things kind of took a backseat. Training took a backseat. Uh, football preparation took a backseat. You know, it was, it was survival, not thrive in the realm of that, you know, football and, and being in an athletic building. I think that's one point of view. I think, you know, Makai turned 21 like four days ago. You know, he's still a very young man. Hmm. Uh, and, 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 and lastly, I think, you know, his training age, when I say training age, I mean, 
um, you know, his, his time under a bar, his time on the field doing something, the hours the hours that it takes to become a professional or an expert at the skill or the job you are trying to pursue, I think it's still fairly long. You know, like, he's, all, he's a true junior. You know, he's only hmm. played college ball for three years. <laughs> Excuse me, one of those years, you know, they went 10 and 2 and 10, and, you know, arguably you could say, you know, they just try to survive and, and we're just in a really bad situation. So, you know, they weren't giving their all every single day. Uh, to let's face it, we came in here with the same, with the same kid. You know, we went, uh, we, we won eight games. So, uh, we didn't really change much, but the attitude and effort of the guy, you know, we still have the same players at the same skill level. You know, we changed concepts. We changed the way we train. Uh, we changed how we ran the team. Uh, but we still have the same players. So, you know, the number of variables that factor in that equation, I think the biggest, him being young still, you know, true junior, mm-hmm. and just being 21 years of age, you know. He is a late bloomer, I think, you know. Uh, you know, seeing pictures of him from his freshman year to what he is now, you know, his body's changed tremendously. That means his movement skills changed tremendously. That means he's getting better body control. That means, you know, cognitively, He's maturing as well at later stages. So, you know, and you know, generally speaking, you don't hit your genetic peak until about 26, 28 years old. So, you know, you factor that into the equation as well. Mm. And lastly, um, what can you tell us about Makai's character and work ethic that you've learned from him, um, whether in the weight room or in any other setting? And I'll just tell you. It, there's not a better kid. I mean, he's a bigger than white personality. His, his smile brightens the room. His laughter is boisterous and, and boisterous and very loud. He, you know, he's just a great kid to be around. He, he, he's very personable and intellect. Uh, he knows a little bit about everything. Um, as far as his work ethic, and, you know, again, I've talked about him being a pro and doing things to be accountable for his work and actions, he does that phenomenally. Um, you know, he's, he's just a fun guy to be around. Uh, he walks, he, you know, he owns the ground he walks on. He's very confident in his ability, but he's also very humble. He asks you good questions. He's always asking how he can get better. He's never, he's never talked. He always leaves room for growth. Growth it brings great value to everything you're trying to teach him. And, and then also, what's going on around him and how we can help him get better or the coaching staff do better things. So, again, his parents did a wonderful job raising him. I think his coaches throughout his career have done a great job molding him and then just his, you know, his general uh, personality is just, he's just fun to be around. He's one of those guys that, you know, this guy's the one for him because he is so humble. And he is uh, very analytical to what he can get better at. Mm. Okay, so last question here. If you were talking to the New York Jets strength and conditioning and nutrition staff, is there any either advice or anything specifically about Makai that you would tell them in order so that they could do their job better? Yeah, 
Don't hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt them. Now, uh, you know, obviously, as big, you know, uh, as big as a human as Makai is, you know, you, you do have to kind of think outside the box when developing him a little bit. You know? And six seven, three hundred and sixty something pounds, you know. Although he might be a freak and his movement still might be some of the best in the world, you still got to manipulate and modify some things that he does. Because, you know, a 360-pound man walking upstairs is a lot more difficult for him to do it generally than a 180 or 200-pound man. So, you know, normal wear and tear uh, is going to be a little different for him, uh, generally speaking. So you got to you got to make sure you're, you're, you're creating that and thinking about that while developing his program as well. And then just, you know, I always tell people to work on people's weaknesses. You know, continue to work on his weaknesses so that, you know, he can get better. And for him, that's going to be little things like, uh, uh, you know, ankle and, 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 and knee modalities, rehab modalities, and, you know, strengthening his speed and, and things along those things there and make sure he's staying mobile, you know, and flexible because he is such a big human and carries a lot of body mass on him. Wanna make sure you take care of his muscles so uh, he's recovering every day so he can put his best foot forward uh, on the field. That's great. I feel like that's a perfect way to end. Um, thank you so much, Coach Siergnano, again. I know Jets fans are incredibly excited for Mackay, um, and I think there are a lot more Louisville fans in New York now than there were a week ago. Um, so thank you so much, Coach. I really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you, and be safe.